0: Love, talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talking in Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell here. We're going to discuss the with Spencer Cowan and Philip Matthew. We're going to discuss the uh, Quick Fold Honors Quick Trip Five Hundred from the Atlanta Motor Speedway. We'll also discuss the Xfinity Truck Series events. Some controversy in Xfinity. I was very vocal on Twitter this week. Uh, also, trucks had some. Uh, a little bit of controversy as well. We'll discuss all of that, get the guys' takes, get my takes, of course, if you weren't, uh, if you're buried under a rock and you didn't see what I tweeted this week. Um, we'll also take your phone calls, 917-889-8280, if that's what you want to talk about, anything you want to talk about uh, tonight on Talking Circles, we'll take your phone calls. But let's get it going to the Folds of Honors, Quick chip 500 from Atlanta Motor Speedway. Your winner was Ryan Blaney in the Body Armor Ford for Team Penske. Uh, a very, very shocking win, considering that Kyle Larson won both stages, led 269 of the race's 325 laps, and was really the dominant car of the day. But the last 20, 25 laps, Larson couldn't get past the lap car of Joey Logano or the pending lap car, the last car in the lap of Joey Logano. And uh, it seemed to impede his progress. It seemed like the five just went away a little bit. And Ryan Blaney was able to come up and pass the five car of Kyle Larson in the closing stages and pull away to victory in a huge win for Ryan Blaney who it's his fifth career win. His previous four wins prior to this one were two at Talladega, one at the road course, of course, the Roval at Charlotte, if you remember that, and, of course, the Pocono win, his first career win with the Brothers racing team a few years back. Um, but it's his first mile-and-a-half victory of his career, and uh, it was one that was not given to him, and I don't mean any race is really given to a driver, but one that he had to really earn. He chased the best car of the day, the dominant car of the day, down, and was able to pass him. He didn't use track position, had a fast call all day. And, you know, think about his season this year and just everything that's gone on with that team. Uh, and I'll start with Phillip on this one. Just the fact that Blaney got off to such a, sh- a shady start this year. They weren't great. They were awful at Homestead speed-wise. For him to come out and get the win today and pass uh, Kyle Larson and the way he did it, I thought it was a, an extremely impressive win. And for Blaney, hopefully it's a sign of things to come. We've been kind of critical on him, on the show about him, a little bit with the fact that he's just been a little bit disappointing in that 12 car. I think a lot of people expected him to win a lot of races, and that 12 car has yet to do it. But today was a very, very impressive win, and I think it could be a statement win for that 12 team. What was your thoughts, uh, Philip, when you saw Ryan Blaney chase down um, Kyle Larson at the end there?
1: I mean, I was shocked, honestly, because you don't expect that sort of thing out of Blaney in General Clayton, uh, like we've talked about on the show. Uh, Spencer's boy, Young Money, was the dominant figure. He's been the dominant car, more or less, for most of the races this year. Um, it's a track that fits his style, and him and Cliff Daniels have definitely meshed quickly together as a crew chief driver combination. I guess the things that uh, uh, Kyle Larson needs from a race car, Cliff Daniels is able to give him better than what Jimmy Johnson needed from a race car, but it is what it is. He's a guy that's going to be there um, this time when we're talking about everything in November. Uh, but for Ryan Blaney, it's a big deal. Uh, you think about the Penske team. Uh, they gave away the Daytona 500 and, Cindric, of course, won two races in the Xfinity series so far this year. Um, and in general, you know, points-wise, the 2 and the 22 have been up there, even though they may not be theoretically competing for wins. I mean, last week was a good example of both the 2 and the 22 being up there at Phoenix, even though Truex ended up with a win. But for uh, Blaney to finally get a finish in this spot at a racetrack 20 years ago, his father... I had a chance to go and get a win there at Atlanta for Bill Davis racing. And uh they left the wheel loose there in a BP Dodge number 93. And uh 20 years later, his son goes out there at Atlanta and kind of steals one uh off of Kyle Larson. So um, I'm sure if you're a fan of the five or a fan of Kyle Larson, it stings. And I'm sure Spencer will give us that take, but for Ryan Blaney, uh, it's a big deal for him. There are other cars or drivers that were able to go and do something there that, um, you know, it was a big deal for them as well. Uh, you know, the likes of Alex Bowman, who's kind of struggled this year, and, uh, you know, like Dylan, Chris Busher uh, you know, like the, I mean, Harvick was a non-factor, which is shocking, but, you know, when you look at this race, it was basically Kyle Larson and everybody else, but, you know, you had Hamlin and Pelini were the only three drivers that actually led, um, double-digit laps. There's only, what, six leaders in this race. It wasn't it was a pretty straightforward race, uh, in a sense, uh, the five and the 12 were, Two of the three best cars, really the 18 was there as well. Uh, but for Ryan Blaney to go and get this race win is a big deal for him as it stands in regards to his standing, not only at Penske Racing, but in general towards his points championship and possibly going and joining his teammates as a champion in the cup series. It doesn't mean that he's a championship favorite, but uh getting this victory is good, a solid day for him and that organization in general as we move towards some of the other oddball races that we're gonna be having here in the next few weeks.
0: Yeah, next week's gonna be one of those races. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But yeah, it was a hu- it was a nice win for Blaney. You mentioned the twenty year anniversary really of his dad with you know, you remember that race and it's hard to believe it's been that long, but um yeah, it was it was a, a nice win for him. There's no question. He chased him down, and you know I thought originally maybe Larson was saving his tires a little bit because he had some tire issues on the previous pit stop where there was some cording. And they, I thought, well, maybe he's just kind of taking it easy here a little bit for 10, 10 laps, cooling his tires down, and making sure he's got enough for the last little you know run here. And that wasn't the case at all, Spencer. It was uh, Larson just unfortunately the five car the handling that five car went away, but. Listen, we were talking a little bit before the show about it. Uh, so far this year, if you're a Kyle Larson fan, you come into this year, and after what was last year, which was a four-race deal, and he had that, that you know incident that really got him suspended, um, he comes into Hendrick Motorsports and was good in Daytona 500, was good in the road course until the last second when he got spun, fourth at Homestead, first at Vegas, seventh at Phoenix, in Atlanta, he had won both stages and finished second. Was the dominant car of the day. Um, our bread and butter racetracks are these mile and a half tracks. There's a lot of them, not as many as there used to be, the previous schedule, but still. Um, if you're a Kyle Larson fan, you're feeling pretty good right now. Uh, and I know it's only six races in, and we got a 36 race schedule, and so you know we're about tenth of the way through, but or sixth of the way through, I should say. Um, but let me say this. Uh, you gotta be feeling pretty darn good right now if you're a Kyle Larson fan. What are your thoughts on, on Larson's run today and just the season so far in general?
2: Yeah, I mean it's uh it definitely stinks. It's kinda bothered me for a little bit, but um you know, I guess it was what I found so odd about it, I mean, the whole race he really had a five to at one point, a ten second lead. Um which I was actually pretty shocked that he was able to get out that far and um, maintain it. And but he did say when he was able to get out that far, he was able to save his stuff and just kind of maintain that lead. Even running the bottom, he said it was slower, but he was maintaining his tires and the other guys were using them up. So, um, yeah, I mean, like he, he said, I didn't go to the track last year. You know, my guy wasn't even a race car. Um, I had an Xfinity guy. So uh, when it came to the Cup races. I really didn't care who won. You know, I just wanted to see a good race. And, you know, you just said his finishes. What he's been able to do this year is incredible. Um, it just goes to show uh, what kind of talent he has. And, you know, he's arguably right now with everything he's done in the sprint car and what he's been able to do in um cup, he's he's one of the best drivers in the world right now as far as talent and winning and consistency is uh, is great. And Rick, um, Rick always seems to find them drivers that can come out and get them wins and um him and uh him and gordon have definitely found one that i'm sure they'll keep for a long time and uh yeah it does stink but at the end of the day it was good points day and the hardware comes at the end of the year at phoenix so he just has to make it there and um yeah i had a strong car and he uh he said it was stupid fast so uh there's going to be plenty more wins this year there's no doubt about it i know it's only six races in and still early but um i mean he's really firing on all four cylinders and I really like Cliff Daniels. Um, I actually liked Cliff when he was um, over at Jimmy's team. Um, I thought they were kind of making a little bit of progress when they were when he was there. So uh, I think that's a great combination. Larson, you know, Phillips said it best uh, earlier. He goes, he's a great driver for that organization, and his attitude is much better, and um, yeah, that can go a long way. So uh, plenty more wins to come, um, and next week's a damn good shot for him.
0: And, yeah, and there's no question his mentality right now is, I think it's almost they prove it. You know, there's a lot said about him. You know, well, he wasn't really that good in NASCAR, doesn't even want to come back to NASCAR, why would he want to come back to NASCAR? And I said it, you know, when he got suspended, not sure he wanted to be back in NASCAR, c- considering he can go to dirt and, and really uh, kick everybody's rear end. I mean, and I was, I was one that was a little critical of his comments a few years back when he said he wanted to be like a World of Outlaw champion. That was his dream, and I was like, oof. But, his focus is 100% right now. This team is clicking on all cylinders. And uh, it's it's going to be impressive to see what this team can do. But if you go through the rest of the top five, a couple of guys who really need a good run, Alex Bowman was one and, and um, finishing in third today. And, and he wasn't, you know, lightning rolled on fire. But that 48 team, and it just seemed like for whatever reason, you know, the nine's shown some promise this year. He's a defending champion. The, the 24's got a win. And the five's been... You know, we, we talk about the five, but the 48 seemed to be, they were okay. They had a couple of top tens, but they weren't anything great. So for him to go out there today and run as well as he did, get the stage points that he did and finish third, it was a real complete race for Alex Bowman. So he really needed that. Uh, to to their season feeling a little bit good about themselves before they get to the Bristol Dirt Race. A good job by him. Denny Hamlin, he's been super consistent this year. Another solid run there in fourth. And, forth. and uh, you know, I think an underrated run of the day was Kyle Busch in fifth and the M&M's messages to Toyota. Um, he sped on pit road and had to work his way all the way back and was able to come home fifth. Did a, a, just a tremendous job. Um, you know, he's had such a weird year this year, Kyle Busch. Um You know, last year was such an off year for him for most of the year. This year it has been such a weird year. You know, I, I raised concerns uh, after the Daytona road race. I raised a little concern even after Homestead saying he's 18th in points, not that great. Finished third at Vegas and did a great job. But went to Phoenix really late in egg last week. And then comes to Atlanta this week and finishes fifth. So it's been an up and down six, first six races for Kyle Busch. But I think today was a, a major, major um, show that this, this team has figured it out on the mile and a mile-and-a-half tracks this year. Uh, they might not be 100% of where they need to be right now, but that was a huge – momentum boost for them uh, in fifth. A couple of other guys, if you round up this top ten I want to discuss, you know, Austin Dillon, sixth, Chris Busher seventh, William Byron, eighth, Martin Church, Jr. ninth, and Kevin Harvick, tenth. But Busher and Dillon, Dillon in sixth and Busher in seventh, those guys really stand out to me. Um, guys who had their best runs of the year. Austin's gotten off to a little bit of a slow start, but today was what we saw from him in the playoffs, where he was uh, consistently up there running good and Busher again you know got stage points at both stages and a, a nice solid seventh place run so Dylan and Busher really stand up in these uh flip. as far as guys who really had a good day
1: yeah Dylan going out there getting a top ten uh big deal for that organization uh you'd have figured Tyler Reddick would have been able to get that top ten there but Dylan uh got a second of top ten of the year uh today and uh, fundamentally, uh, as you said, Clayton, he, he went and ran well in the chase playoffs and, uh, he had a good run there, probably his best run of his career. And this is the kind of runs you need, uh, to go and put yourself in a position to have a chance, uh, come September when you get to the playoffs itself. Um, you know, you want to win, but the RCR team's a step behind those bigger organizations, the, the Gibbs and, and Hendricks. Now we can basically say that Hendrick, I mean, I think probably we'll be saying that Hendricks back next week when Kyle Larson goes out there and wins. But um, you know, the, the, the notion that, you know, there's basically three teams up there with Gibbs Hendrick and Penske and Penske didn't even have a day. The Penske team won. But the other two cars did nothing. The other three of the five cars did nothing today. Uh, you know, so there there's something to be said about that R C R team getting a top ten finish there. Busher, of course, he's a grinder, he's always been a grinder. Uh the Roush Fenway organization with uh new uh, help from LeBron James getting two top fifteen finishes there. Busher with the seventh and Ryan Newman and uh, a 13th-place finish, So, and they were both on the lead lap. Uh, so, I mean, that's a good deal there. Bush is on the cutoff for the playoffs right now, ahead of the guy that he replaced, O. Richard. And um, O. Richard's had a solid year. He just doesn't have the theoretical, like the top, the statistical finishes, like top 10s, top 5s to show for it. But 14th-place average, if he could kind of maintain that across the season, you'll have no problem making the playoffs. But uh, right now, uh, he's given up six points to Busher, which is basically within that stage win that Busher had a couple weeks ago. So, I mean, uh, two smaller teams, two teams that we knew, I guess, 15 years ago would be up there. Uh, week to week, but now in this day and age of NASCAR Cup Series racing, they aren't up there, uh, but they are they have a chance and they're in a position to do some things. Uh, the JTG Doherty team, you can add them into the mix um, because they're up there 17th and 18th in points, which is probably the best they've ever been as an organization. And Priest is an open car, too, so uh, they'll be ones to watch. This cutoff, even though there's too many cars that make the playoffs in the Cup Series, uh, it looks like this year the cutoff will be a little bit more interesting uh, than it has been in previous years because of the likes of Austin Dillon, uh, Chris mm-hmm. Busher, O. Richard, and the like.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and and Busher and Dillon, just, just a solid run today. Those guys, they really, you know, I think – uh, Roush had a tough weekend last weekend at Phoenix. I kind of destroyed him on the air last week. I thought their Phoenix effort was uh, horrendous, but they really had a good day today. Newman finished 13th, which was a good run for him today, too, um, and he was up there, and I think he might have gotten some stage points. If not, he was close, um, but he felt pretty good. I'm sure they felt pretty good, uh, but one guy I got my eye on, Spencer, that I really want to talk about is Kevin Harvick and um, A Not a very good day. This is one of his best racetracks. I know we talked about uh, Harvick and, and his um, his just his line and, and they, they made an actual adjective out of him, a uh, Harvicking, which is what they call here uh, running the bottom lane all the way as, as much as you can here uh, at, at Atlanta motor speedway. Um, but without the lunch, first two stages. And, you know, I know that's, that's not good. And I'm going to ask you his, your level of concern on him and this Stuart Haas team in general, because Stuart Haas has been um, struggling, but I want to say this before, before I get your, your level of concern. Uh, what championship teams are made of is what Kevin Harvick did today. And I know you're going to sit there and you're going to go 10th. Come on, that's Kevin, Kevin Harvick's way better than that. And that team's usually right, way better than that, for sure. But they were a 25th-place car at one point in this race. Said so This was the worst race car I've ever had at, at Atlanta Motor Speedway. And they came home and finished 10th. And that last run, that four-car was starting some pretty good lap times. And I know it's a minor gain, and you're going to sit there and you're going to go, ugh, not great, but... They f- they seemed to have a car that was at least halfway competitive towards the end of that race. And that's just a, a testament to Ronnie Childers and the that whole organization, that whole team in that four car to really figure out what Kevin was looking for. They figured it out and salvaged a not a horrific day. Um, but Spencer, I wanna go this way. Um Harry finished tenth today and you a Stewart Haas in general. Cole Custer, eighteenth. Eric Amarola twentieth. Chase Briscoe, 23rd. You look at the point standings, and right now Harvick, 6th, which isn't bad. But his teammates, Custer, 22nd, uh, Amarola, 26th, and Briscoe, 27th. What's your level of concern with the Stuart Haas team and Kevin Harvick in general right now? Are you that concerned? Should you be putting the panic button? Or do you think there's still some time left to go in the year to figure this out? Uh, because it's just been a rough, year, rough start to this year for Stuart Haas.
2: If I was Tony Stewart and Gene Haas and all the high-up executives there in the office, I wouldn't be worried for the four team, but I'd be worried about my other three cars making the playoffs. Listen, I feel like I was just sitting in the stands for the Daytona 500 and Speed Weeks, and here we are week six. Um, We're already over a month into the season, uh, and, you know, you start getting around race 10, race 12, um, you know, then, then the you know, the regular season about halfway over and you're still finding yourself 25th, 26th in points. Um, you know, your, your chances of making the playoffs are very, 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 very slim. So um, unless you get a win and you're automatically locked in, you just have to be above 30th in points. So um, for Kevin Harvick, I mean, if you look at it, like you said, 10th is, you know, if that's not horrible, it's a top 10. But, I mean, we're talking about Kevin Harvick, a champion, 50-something wins. I don't know the exact number. Um, Just a Hall of Fame driver, hell of a crew chief, Hall of Fame crew chief on top of the pit box. Um, Kent is not good for that team because they are Stuart Haas. It is Kevin Harvick. It is Rodney Um, Childress. But as far as being worried, no. Um, But he did come over the radio today and say, said i'm retiring after this race and you guys can put riley Herbst in this thing so he can deal with this piece of junk the rest of the year so he was not happy at, at all um throughout the race and i mean that does give that just goes to show you how good rodney is um to really get that car out of the funk it was in and um come out and get a somewhat of a solid points day. um stage points weren't an option um for them but to come back and get finishing points um you know that's not a waste of a it's not a waste of a race um a top 10 to me so uh 25th i wasted them last week in fantasy i'm glad i put them in the garage um but there were a lot of guys big name and big
0: teams that struggled today yeah there were and uh you know the the biggest concern about atlanta here was this is harvick's one of his best tracks. um but yeah i, I think if you're stewart Haas, you're you're hitting the panic button here a little bit because it's like, what's going on? You know, uh, it hasn't been a great start to the year, and Harvick's and that and Rodney Childers is such a, a talented duo that they've been able to salvage and still have a decent year. But the rest of the of the team, I mean, Amaral did nothing today. Custer was a top twenty car at best, maybe, and we just haven't seen Briscoe perform that well. I know he's in a rookie year, but uh, you would like to see some progress here from this fourteen car. In the next couple of weeks, he's going to a dirt race, which is a, a good thing for him. He's he's a, got a dirt background. He's a guy to keep an eye on next week. But um, a very good start to the year for that 14 car. Uh, moving forward, moving on with with the rest of the results here. Matthew Benedetto, he needed a good run this week. Had had it, um, you know. he's start to progress in the right direction. Got off to such a horrid start to the year, but you know, you look at 24th in the standings, and you go. I mean, that's a 21 car, that's a Team Penske car. you got to do better than that, for sure. But compared to where he was last week and two weeks ago, uh, it's starting to trend in the right direction for Matthew Benedetto. There's no question about that. You would like to see that team start to finish these races a little bit better. They seem to have pretty good speed in the middle of these races to where they get some stage points at least the last couple of weeks, and then they fall off and they don't get any points. Uh, then you know, then they don't finish in the top ten, so... If they can put it all together, and this is their third year together, so they need to start doing that um, for that 21 – or second year together, I should say, for that 21 car. Um, so they need to start doing that and, and really finding their way. Um, but I spent felt talked about this a little bit earlier, and this is a guy I really want to give a call out to. Six straight top 20 finishes to start the year, four consecutive top 15s for Ricky Sandhouse Jr., that 47 car. He hasn't run in the top 10, doesn't have many stage points, but just consistent. You know, started 12, finished 12 today. He runs it. He's a 12th place car all year. And, uh, you know, di- oh, even at uh, Phoenix and the different number of racetracks we've gone to, he's done a, pretty, he's done a very good job. And he's, he's got a dirt background as well. He's got a lot of dirt experience. I won't count him out at that at that dirt race in, next week here at Bristol. But a, a solid job by Ricky Sinhaus Jr. to start the year. It really puts that team in an interesting scenario for the rest of the season. Uh, I mentioned Newman earlier. He had a good run. Uh, needed it, and Chastain again, another guy who really needed it, and had a good last part of that run where he needed a top fifteen, was able to get it. Um, just looking, uh, you know, tenth through fifteenth or tenth through twentieth, uh, Philip. When you look at that, you had Bubble Wallace sixteenth, uh, Suarez who had a really good car today, and then made a mistake on pit road where he sped and it cost him a really good run, uh, but still salvage a decent day in seventeenth, Custer eighteenth, McDowell, nineteenth. I'm a roll of 20th. Who really stood out to you? Um, I know Bubba gets a lot of attention because of who owns that race team, and uh, I just think there's some pains with that team. You know, they're they're still – they show some flashes, but they haven't been great this year. But it's early in the year still. It's only their sixth race ever in operations, and they've still got some stuff to work out there in that 23 car. Um, but, you know, again, he's put himself in a decent spot to where if he rolls off a couple of top 15 runs, he could be in the playoff conversation. But who really stands out to you 10th through 20th there Philip?
1: I think it's uh I mean there's three people. I mean you mentioned Baba uh there Clayton but I mean, Suarez getting a getting a lead a lap getting a stage point with a brand new organization and Trackhouse and Justin Marks and uh Guy Ocho, um, you know Pitbull and you know, that whole deal and having a, you know, first time ever where he had a Mexican driver, Nino Suarez, Mexican crew chief. Today, um, they had a great run going um, because Travis Mack got suspended because of the loose slug nuts. Uh, Didn't get the finish. They probably wanted or deserved in a sense, but they're up there and, I was gonna go and, and reference Ross uh, because uh, you know Spencer's two guys here in the Cup Series. You know, the Larson have dominated the race, but Ross, and it's been a rough, you know, inconsistent kind of off start. than that he want, then what he wanted, uh, he's gotten in with Kyle Busch, so that's fun. But really, a top fifteen run for that organization. I figure Kurt Busch would have been up there if he hadn't. Uh, been involved in that wreck, uh, earlier in the race, but, um, to go and salvage a top 15 there for Ross is a good deal. Um, a nice momentum builder. He's 20th in points. He's not completely out of it right now, early in the season. He's about 30 something points out of, uh, was it 36 points out of the cutoff right now? So, uh, And when you consider what happened with some of these races like Daytona Road Course, he could be right there in this. So uh, Chastain in his theoretically rookie year as a Cup Series driver and and good equipment is is in the mix, um, giving himself an opportunity to make this happen. Uh, once we get to the cutoff. So I I, I think there's three guys, uh, but really, for me, it's Chastain that stood out getting a top 15 finish there uh, today.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think Ross really needed that. And, again, if you look at that and you say, that's not a great run. And, it, and it's not, but it just seems like uh, – I have to go back and look at his finishes. It just seems like he's um, just been a little bit blah this year. And a lot of, of the runs that the, the 42 cars had. I mean, obviously, 7th in Daytona, that's sort of its own animal. But he hadn't had a top 15 all year other than the Daytona 500, so to finish 14th was a step in the right direction for that team. We'll see if they can build on that again. Dirt race coming up here uh, next week, but we'll see if that they will build on that. Spencer, i got a question for you, and that, i got one more for, for Philip, and then we can move on from the cup race. Um, but there's been a lot of chatter. You know, six different winners to start this year here, now with Ryan Blaney winning uh at atlanta motor speedway um a lot of people are thinking this could be the year where we have 16 winners or more um and and you know where maybe one win isn't enough to get you into the playoffs. do you think that will happen this year do you think that's a, a possibility with the different tracks we have on this schedule or do you think somebody will figure it out and win a couple of ra- a bunch of races and, and not make that such a such a deal i mean um the, the most we've ever had to start a year, different winners to start a year was 10 back in 2001, or 2000, I believe it was, 10 different winners to start the year. Um, but what are your thoughts on, on that, and do you think we'll see more, 16 or more winners?
2: Absolutely not. I mean, that's that's a little absurd. Um, you know, people are saying we're going to a – we still have the, – the schedule didn't change, um, you know, a whole – a whole lot. Yeah, we're going to a few different road courses. That's fine and dandy. Um, you, know, you, you, you know, you're know, you going to see your Sendrick's up there because he will be racing in those probably in the cup car. Almondinger will probably um, race the college car there. Um, so you're going to see those guys up there, but guys aren't going to go away. Um, it, it's a natural act. You're going to have the 9. You're going to have the, the 19. Um, the 5 is going to win next week. If it's not him, it's going to be the 20, and they both have a win already. Um so, no, 16, 16 winners is a lot. You know, I just – I and to be honest with you, I don't think we have 16 cars in the field that can uh, – that actually have shots to win, um, as bad as that sounds. But, I mean, you have – nah, you probably do. You have the four Gibbs cars um, that can win. Uh, you have the three Penske cars that can win. So, there's seven. You have all four Hendrick cars that can win. So, there's 11. There's a few you can trickle in, but other than that, I really don't – I don't think all the, um, the Stort Haas cars can win on a week basis. The 98's not in any contention to win. The 41's not in any contention to win. The 10 might get his head out of his ass and do something and win a race at a, at a Talladega or um, the last Daytona race. But, um, no, I just – I don't even there, – there might be a little shy of 16 cars that, to win. Um, but I don't see 16 cars going out and winning. It's just so hard to do because you we're, we're going to see repeat winners. You're going to see yeah. um, Truex have a good run at Martinsville. Uh, Kyle Bush knows how to get around that racetrack. Um, like I just said about the Bristol Dirt, there's two guys that are going to dominate that race, and they already have wins, like I said. So um, people who are thinking that uh, aren't really looking at the schedule ahead and the drivers that have won at those tracks that we're going to. And – the teams that they're with, they're with the best organizations. They're the best drivers. Um, so you're going to see Truex win in the next couple weeks. You're going to see either Larson or Bell win at the tr- dirt track. You're going to, um, so we're going to see repeat winners. It's going to start really flowing through here. And um, guys are going to start really, you know, getting their stuff together. You know, it's still early in the year. So we're only six races in, but these teams and crew guys and engineers, they're going to start getting their books together and their setups together and so- one of these teams is gonna take off and um you know it's there's one guy and people's gonna say I'm biased, it's gonna be the five. Uh, that
0: mm-hmm.
2: he's he's one guy that's really gonna um when he he with his attitude that he has now and the speed he's carrying over, Cliff Daniels, that team's gonna be dangerous.
0: Yeah, and the other thing I think that's gonna be interesting to keep an eye on is the lack of practice this year and whether or not teams can make the game on each other. Um you know, it's usually when you have practice and track time, you can sort of uh, make a gain here. If you're struggling in one area, you can work on it and practice and figure it out a little bit. But they don't have that. They got the simulations now this year, and uh, I know we had that last year as well. And I think that sort of that's why we saw a lot of winners. You know, uh, a lot of guys—I should say a couple of guys—really win a lot of races until we got to the playoffs. Um, but Harvick won eight or nine races last year, and Hamlin won a bunch of races last year as well. Um, so, I think that's part of it too. Um, but there are some different racetracks. But you're right. for the most part, um, these guys have seen these racetracks, whether it's in Xfinity with Road America, uh, In Nashville, and, and trucks, and you know they've seen some. Of, a lot of these guys have seen these racetracks. So it's not completely different other than the uh, C- uh, Coda. But um, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think once once this season sort of gets on its heels here, we're gonna we're gonna uh, see how, uh, a couple of winners. Rounded off, but there's a lot of people who think that could be, um, that could not be true, so, anyway, moving on, moving on here a little bit, uh, just one more about the Cup event, and, uh, Phil, I want to kind of ask you a fun question here, uh, last five drivers in the top 20 in points, you got Chris Busher, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Ryan Priest, Bubba Wallace, and Ross Chastain, they're 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th, and 20th, um, all guys who, last year, did not make the playoffs. Uh, Priest and, uh, and Stenhouse were here. Bush here, and Stenhouse were here. They didn't make it, and Bubba was here as well, but he was in a different car. And then Chastain, of course, was in Xfinity last year. Um, of those five guys, which one do you think has the best shot at making the playoffs? Um, I know it's it's kind of a, a, an odd question, but it's just one that, I think one of those five guys is probably going to rattle off a, a, a get in the playoffs somehow, especially if we don't have a lot of winners, they'll probably point their way in. Uh, but of those five, who do you think has the best chance and why?
1: I think it's all Richard because when he gets on a run, he's proven that when he won uh, races in a dirt sprint car for Tony Stewart. He proved that when he drove an Xfinity car for Jack Roush uh when he's in a good state of mind and he gets on a remote, he's a he's a momentum type of racer where if he can get in good positive mindset the cars are set the way he wants them he puts himself in a position where uh they're they're getting points and he's never been known as a great points racer and when you're in this spot where you have to race for points um it, it's something that you wouldn't think it would probably be the better pick would be Chris Busher in that spot. But honestly, 47 cars have been fast uh, at multiple types of racetracks, which is unusual for that organization. Uh, it helps that Ryan Priest, even though they're an open car, is running relatively competitive himself. So to me, I think it's O. Richard as the driver that would make it as the cutoff. And if you give him house money to go and try to advance a round or two, it would be a good it would be a good value because people would sleep on him anyway. And he's he's more than just a super speedway racer. Uh, he can race well on short tracks. Um, you're adding Bristol and dirt together, so you're adding two things that he's very good at going into next week. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of opportunity there for that organization and No. Richard to go and uh, possibly make a playoff run again for what I think might be his second or third time in his career.
0: Yeah, listen, I would love to see that just from the JTG standpoint of it all and JTG daughter Racing standpoint of it all. Um, uh, the only thing I would say about that team is they need to find a little bit more speed in the middle of these races and get some playoff points, or uh, stage points, I should say, because they just haven't gotten any. Um, I, I don't know exactly the number, but it just seems like they've gotten, um, you know, I don't, I don't think they've gotten any stage points, to be honest. And Buescher has gotten a few. Uh, you know, he won his stage and he got a couple, a bunch today, and there was a couple other times he got some points. Uh, I'm, I hate to say it, know, I love Priest. I love what he's done. I'm not so full on that 37 team as far as the year-long speed. Hopefully they can find it and put it all together and be right there as well. Uh, I think Bubba's got a, an opportunity to um, make some stage points as well if he can, if he can get up there in Chastain. We've seen that 42 car at times run really good too. Um, but that 47 has yet to prove themselves throughout a long year. And if he can get some st- – that's the thing where I think the 47 needs to improve is, is get some stage points if he wants to do that. But, listen, they've gotten off too. And I, I've t- uh, you know, talked about Stenhouse a lot Uh in recent weeks. I've been very impressed. I think Ricky's a type of guy who, if he could ever get a, a good ride underneath him, he could be a guy that can win some races. Um, and, and I know he's kind of, you know, people look at him as overly aggressive, and he is. There's no question. Um, but he's done a very good job this year, and he should be commended for that. And don't count him out at that uh, dirt race and have a solid run as well. 917 uh, 889 that's the number to call. We move on to the NASCAR Xfinity series, and we do have to do some um, some recapping here. And uh, before we get to the main story, which is I know you guys want to, you're to talk about here, and I don't blame you, uh, but let's talk about uh, – I'll do a quick recap, and then we can get into the Noah Gregson situation. But Justin Allgaier, solid win for him. Uh, you know, Junior Motorsports has gotten off to a little bit of a rough start this year. Uh, Allgaier included in that. Um, you know, it just seemed like they, they didn't have a ton of speed. They were, uh, you know, just had some bad luck wrecked at an wrecked at Homestead. He had some bad luck there. But 14th at Vegas, not terrible, but it seemed like it stopped up leading. And then 8th at Phoenix, and he won on at Atlanta, so did a great job there. And all guy Alexis stuff in the playoffs there in the Philly Series. Uh, just a heck of a, of a run for him. Uh, in second place is Martin Truex, Jr., that 54 car. Went uh, 103 laps since done that car today. Had to go to the rear of the field. Uh, I think it was because of a speeding penalty. Worked his way up and finished second. Good job by him. Then Harrison Burton in third. Gregson, fourth, and A.J. Elmerdinger, fifth. And it was Riley Herbst, who they have a good run, finished sixth. Uh, Michael Annette, seventh, Justin Haley, eighth, Daniel Hemmerich, ninth, and Ryan Sieg, another guy who really needed a good run, uh, finishing in the tenth spot. Okay, um, and I'm going to let Spencer talk about it first, and then we'll go to Phillip. Uh, the Noah Gregson situation, and if you guys are very into a rock here uh, or a casual race fan listening to the show and you're not sure what I'm talking about, Gregson had an interesting situation on pit road where he – let me try and paint this picture as accurately as I can. So uh, the 99 car, uh, and Mason Masters driving it, was in the pit box of the number 18 car. Now, the, the pit stalls were this in order. The 99, then the 18 of Hemrick, and then the 9 of, of Noah Gregson. So the 99 overshot his pits and was in the pit stall of the 18 car of Daniel Hemrick. So Hemrick had to go around – his pit stall a little bit and go into the 9 pit stall to avoid the 99. The 99 backed up, the 18 backed up, and then Gregson had to, you know, go overshoot his pit stall as well. And as Gregson was backing up, he made contact with the number 18 car while they were pitting the car. I mean, the, the car was jacked uh, or close to jacked, and they were changing the tires, and he backed up the number 9 car and um, pulled forward. And Now he's just pulling forward, flipped the bird to Daniel Hemrick in the 18 car. Now, Gregson's a guy who is, is over the, especially this year, but last year included both of the water of Feathers. He's a very aggressive driver. He's got a, a, a very strange personality. Um, but I felt what he did on, on Saturday was intentional. I thought he bumped the 18 on purpose because he was angry that the 18 was in his pit stall. Um, how do you see it, Spencer? Do you think that was done intentionally? NASCAR came out today and said no penalty on that nine car, no penalty on Noah Gregson. Uh, I thought he probably should have been sat for Martinsville because I think it was a driver who lost his cool and overreacted. Um, and that's not to say he should be, you know, condemned for life. But I just felt he needed to sit down and think about it because I don't like the fact that safety was was at risk for these pit crew guys because of his uh, overreaction to something. NASCAR disagreed. They felt it was unintentional. It was not deliberate, they said. And their view... And uh, Gregson does not get suspended, does not get any penalties, not even suspended, but no penalties at all for what happened on pit road. What were your thoughts on when you saw it? Do you think NASCAR got the penalty, the no no call, right? What's your take on the situation? Can't
2: suspend a Dale Jr. car. That'd be a bad deal. Um, And let me tell you, that's coming from a massive Dale Jr. fan. You know that, Clayton. Um, And I'm not afraid to admit it. Uh, No, I think – you know, let me, here's what a lot of people – everybody was bringing in talent into the conversation. This has nothing to do with talent. I don't care if this was between Cody Ware and Garrett Smithley. The fact of the matter is, the guy who was changing the right front tire, if one, one second later running around the front of that car for Gregson to be a you-know-what and nail the front end of the 18, he could have easily crushed the dude's legs, paralyzed him. Then how would Noah Gregson feel? Um, people are, you know, no, you know, I don't want to, you know what I'm going to say. Everybody, you know, all these Noah fans, um, he never does any wrong. And nine times out of 10, if you're a Noah fan, you're a Chase Elliott fan, and they're the same way. Those two drivers never do anything wrong. And I think you two would agree on that. No, they they never do anything wrong. Um, I don't think there should have been any penalty, uh, any fines for the fighting um but i think he should have been parked you know that that kid i used to not mind gregson i actually i was watching his um like weekend vlog things that he'd be doing on youtube i was like okay the kid's cool like i'll root for him if he's up front and doing good i'd never buy a t-shirt and hat but um it's coming from a fan of junior motorsports a fan of dale junior i wish the worst luck for that nine team. um you know i don't care if they blow an engine on lap two i don't care if they blow a tire um, i don't want to see him get hurt but um I would like to see the worst luck for him. He needs a wake-up call. And I tell you what, he's going to swing on the wrong dude, and one dude's going to really hurt him. Um, Hemrick got a punch on him. He's wrecked his teammate. He's wrecked Myatt Snyder. He's had conflict with Harrison Burton. Let me tell you what, these guys are going to remember it, and come championship time, payback's going to be hell. And he better be lucky that Justin Allgaier has class, and he's his teammate for not paying him back. Um, You know, Dale Jr.'s had talks with him, had to sit him down with the organization. Um, You know, that is an image that Junior Motorsports is getting. You know, you have a driver that is – his head is – I don't know what his deal is. He just – he's got an attitude problem. Um, You know, I give him props for not backing down and swinging, you know, and not being a little girl about it. But he's got some issues that he really needs to work on. It's a bad look for Junior Motorsports. Um, Dale jr. And Kelly don't want that for their team. That's not how they are. Um, you know, and it's not, I mean, Johnny Morris is on the hood of that car. It's a bad look for everybody. I mean, it, you know, look, Larson got suspended for his actions because the team couldn't keep him because it's a bad look. This is a business. I don't care. This is a business. Um, you know, and the way he's acting, wrecking people, uh, wanting to fight, um, it's, it's a bad look. And if I was on the hood of that race car, you know, pe- we're in 2021. People judge really bad, and people look at your – people judge um, by your image. Um, and, you know, if I was on the hood of that race car, I wouldn't – you know, people are like, why are you sponsoring him? He's, you know, he's a jerk. He mm-hmm. does this. He does that. Now, I look like a bad guy, and I'm spending millions of dollars to look like a bad guy to be on the hood of a race car. So it really does mm-hmm. affect more than just um, his, um, his shots of getting wrecked, I guess. So I mean, it, I I don't know. He, he he really needs to just he needs to cool it, I guess. He need, but I I agree. I think he should have been suspended, and watched somebody drive his race car and make him really think. Um, you know, I need to I need to slow my roll and cool down a little bit.
0: Uh, yeah,
2: he, he's got to be smarter on the racetrack for sure.
0: It rem it reminds me of a situation, and, and Philip will remember this well, where we had a young driver coming to NASCAR. Yeah. And was extremely talented. And I know there's some people, and I don't know if, how you guys feel, I won't put words in your mouth, but in my opinion, uh, I think gregson has got a lot of talent. He's just got to harness it, and he's over aggressive, and But I think he does have, a, have some skill, there's no question. Um, but a guy who was talented and ruffled a lot of feathers. I mean, I remember a fight with him. Uh, it's legendary with Greg Biffle, uh, where he jumped over a race car and went after him. Uh, he just had an, just a, a real... That attitude, came on the radio at Martinsville uh, during a truck race and said, I'm going to wreck Coy Gibbs, and went out there and did it, and NASCAR sat him for a race. And honestly, it was the best thing that happened to Kevin Harvick, because I think Kevin Harvick, you know, it woke him up a little bit. And I'm not saying Harvick's been a choir boy since then. He's He's had some issues, and everybody does. I'm not expecting guys to be perfect, but I think it was like a, whoa, you know, I better shape up a little bit. And that's where I was kind of looking at this one, you know. And the other part about this is what you talked about, where guys are going to take this into their own hands, and that's where I get concerned because you know Hemrick's mad at him and he has a right to be. Uh, Snyder still is the one from last year. Uh, his teammates upset at him. I'm sure there's other guys. We saw Harrison Burton fist pump uh, Hemrick after the fight and going after him. So Harrison I Burton's like that. not thrilled with him. Yeah, and so you know I'm a worried about. I'm worried about like a Kenseth, Joe Logano situation. That some guys are just going to go out there, and their thing is to be take out uh, Noah Gregson because, bless him, where NASCAR – because NASCAR didn't do anything about it. That's going to be the deal. But, Philip, what was your take on it? And, again, it was – my biggest problem was it was a safety violation. Uh, we see and, and let me say this before I get your take. We see so many dumb rules on pit road, just so many dumb rules where, you know, if a tire goes a foot and a half away from a car, it's a penalty – uh, if you drag equipment out of the pit box by an inch, it's a penalty. And all that's because they say, we want to look at safety. But we're going to allow a kid who I think deliberately, and that's going to say un- undeliberately, and I don't know how they can say that, um, backed into a car, on pit road, a lot of changing the tires, and he gets nothing. What was your take on it, Philip?
1: Well, it's a douchebag move, and fundamentally Noah Gregson is a douche. And... Uh, he needs to be humbled, and uh, the way that Iron Sheik said it he needs to be humbled, the old country way, and done like Brian Blair. Uh, Spencer said it uh, very well there. Um, you know, he, he he he's like he thinks he's Kyle Bush but he's Kyle Krisloff. Um He's a he's a scumbag, rich daddy's money piece of crap who who needs a he uh said said it best way back when at Watkins Glen about Greg Biffle. You'd mentioned Greg Biffle there earlier with Kevin Harvick. Uh he needs a whooping. Um, he needs to be power bombed through a windshield, or he needs to be thrown through glass, I don't know, somebody needs to hit him in the head with a light tube. I don't know. Something has to be done. Um I have one of my best friends, he likes to find a fight. NASCAR can give him a hard card and the guy can just go and charge him like it's a rugby scrum and just end him. Uh, That would be good uh, because, quite frankly, uh, he's he's, he's an absolute dick and he's LCD and NASCAR is using him as a wrestling gimmick because the series is not, they're losing fans and they can't get people to watch, so they have this idiot out there going and driving through people driving around they we driving over people thinking he's some tough tough guy he ain't a tough guy um he's a punk and um there are guys over the years that have driven over their heads um be he, time is like Buckshot Jones. He drove over his head, and he had an a- attitude and an ego, and Randy LaJoy taught him something, and after that, he basically wasn't the same. Well, you mentioned Matt Kenseth. Well, somebody's going to have to Matt Kenseth him and, and, and put him in a fence really hard, um, because that's the only way this this tool is going to learn, because de- Kelly Earnhardt basically doubled down and defended this idiot because he cuts checks. So whether it's Myatt Snyder, whether it's one of his teammates, whether it's Harrison Burton. Um, I know it isn't going to be Daniel Emmerich because he doesn't drive that way. Um, he made a veiled uh, insult towards Daniel Emmerich, and uh, the difference is at least Daniel Hemrick can go and get a woman without having to pay for one. Um, you know, like, he, he's, he's, he's just a horrible, horrible example um, for – for a NASCAR race car driver or a race car driver in general, he reminds me of the lowest common denominator of guys that have ever been in this sport. And I've watched this sport for, I don't know, 30 uh, something years. And, and he's, he's just horrendous. And people like Brett Griffin and all these other LCD people that, that defend him is part of the reason why the sport is dying. Cause this is what we're bringing up and promoting, not people that actually have talent, not people who actually care, who actually have ability. The guy has freaking four wins in 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 the major series. I mean he's 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 a non factor. He's a never he's a probably a never will be. He's he's the in and, and because he has black rifle coffee and daddy's money and Johnny Morris sponsoring him, the guy can run over anything and everything and have a career. Uh, somebody has to send him into a fence, uh firewall deep a couple of times and then if that doesn't work, just go and beat the crap out of him and then maybe we'll see how tough that guy really is.
0: Well, um, there's no question that uh he is taking the villain character and running with it. There's no question. I, I think he likes that image. Uh and you know, there's gonna be some people who Despise you for that, and uh there's no question. But I, you know, if he wants to stay true to himself, that's I'm okay with that. But my take on this is there's a line where you become whether NASCAR should step in, and I felt yesterday. I mean, I've watched this sport for since I can remember, and I'm 32 years old. Um, and I'd never seen a guy back up and hit a car trying to get straight in his pit stop, in, in his pit box, ever, ever, never, ever. And, you know, these guys go 180 miles an hour and film into spaces that they can fit about two inches and make it work. But they can't back up at 15 miles an hour and not hit a car. I, I'm sorry. I just don't find that as a uh, as a logical excuse. And I'm – and. NASCAR, I felt, made a terrible call today. Uh, I'm not sure if it was what Spencer touched on a little bit earlier, whether it was a junior motorsports deal, uh, whether it was a, a deal that they liked the villain. They don't want to take the, the kid's character away. And I get that. I get that to an extent where they say, listen, not everybody needs, you know, every, not everybody should be vanilla here. Uh, and I totally get that. But again, there's a line that you cross. And I think last night he crossed it. And I don't care if you You know, wreck 20 guys uh, because I think you're going to get payback for that. Um, I don't care what you do, but when you turn them on the pit road, uh, whether it's before the race, after the race, or during the race, on the pit road with cars and you use your car like that, I'm sorry. I just felt what he did was intentional, and he was angry at it. And, you know, passion is one thing. To have passion that you get mad at some guy for, you know, basically ruining your race. I get that it stunk that that he was in your pit stall. There's no question, but to deliberately do that and then flip the bird to I think to, to say screw you was just mind boggling to me that he got away with that. But uh, it is what it is, and I hope that we don't see a situation where you know somebody takes him out and they get a suspension for it like we saw with Matt Kenseth, because NASCAR didn't step in. And that's my fear here, is that somebody's going to go out there and take matters into their own hands and say, you know what, NASCAR didn't do anything about it. NASCAR hasn't done anything about this guy. I'm going to do something about it and go out there and do it. Uh, whether he runs them hard during during a race at Martinsville and, and cuts them off, they go, you know what, send this kid into the outside wall. And then NASCAR's going to go, whoa, whoa, we did not want that to happen. Well, maybe if you stepped in and nipped it in the butt first and said – we're gonna we're gonna work this out. Maybe you wouldn't have that, but that's my fear here with this race with this kid um, is that I think he uh, on to me on what he done on Saturday was he just a little bit of his head as far as safety was concerned, and um, I think personally uh, I think pit road safety very very seriously. We saw an incident today even with uh, Anthony Alfredo, which was one hundred percent mistake, um, but where he slid and almost hit uh, and hit a couple of pit guys, but, uh, it, you know, no harm, no foul there because of the pit road speed. But that just shows you how dangerous it can get. So you gotta be extra careful. And, um, I don't think he was. So, um, uh, moving on guys, got a couple of other topics I want to get to about the, uh, Trek series event here. Freight auctions 200 at, um, Atlanta motor speedway. Kyle Busch was your winner. Austin Hill, second, Jalen, Hunter, maybe check third. Johnny Sutter, fourth, Sheldon Creed in fifth. Um, it was a, a dominant performance by Kyle Busch, 102 laps led of 130. Dominated. The only other guy to really lead um, double digits was John Newman. And that leads us to the next controversy I want to get you guys to take on here it was what Kyle Bush What what was what looks very curious was, was what happened with Kyle Busch Motorsports teams. And if you again didn't watch the track race, I'll try and sum it up for you, sum it up for you as best as I can here, where. Bush was leading by a lot in both stages, in stage one and stage two, leading by a lot. And then about five, ten to go in the stage, all of a sudden John Hunter, who was running second, John Hunter, check and accomplished Motorsports truck, was running second, and he started to pull away. He started to catch to catch accomplish a little bit and catch accomplish a little bit. And then all of a sudden he passed like he was standing still, and John Hunter was able to get the playoff points and the stage points for that. found it very curious that that happened. Um, I guess what I'm getting at is, guys, here, I don't think you could do about it if you're NASCAR, but what were your thoughts on that? so i go to you and then go to Spencer. Actually, i go to Spencer first, then I'll go to Philip. I apologize there. Uh, Spencer, I want to get your take on that first. Um, what was your take on what Bush allegedly did? First of all, do you think he did it? Do you think that was something that that, 18, that, that 51 truck did um, and – do you like that? Do you not mind it? Do you think it's just sort of manipulating the system and uh, guy getting creative? What were your thoughts on it?
2: I mean, he definitely did it. Um, do I care? No. Is it smart? Hell yeah, it's smart. I mean, because Kyle's not running for points. Um, at the end of the day, he wants one of his trucks to hoist the championship trophy at Phoenix. And that's what you have to do. You have to win stages and get the playoff points and get all the stage points you can. Kyle Bush getting him does absolutely nothing for the team. Kyle Bush does not care about the stage points. He cares about winning, obviously. He's not, he's not going to pull over and let John Hunter win. That's something Kyle Bush will not do. Um, but for a stage, 100%, yes, he did that. Um, you know, stage two happened on the last corner, turn four. He just flew right by him. And it wasn't so obvious. It was obvious, but it wasn't like he just slammed on the brakes. He just lifted a little bit. The only way you could tell he did it, legitimately and have proof is look at his data um and see if he let off yeah he let off and then in stage one or uh stage one yeah it happened with two to go he got by him in turn four so i mean he got to give props to kyle for doing it um you know it, it it's smart i mean he's a, he's a truck owner he, that's what he's there for to you know to go win a championship and win races and you know, that got John Hunter closer to winning a championship. Um, I guess you can put it that way, he, with more playoff points. Um, put it this way, it helped him more into the playoffs. Um, those two points could are huge. They could be huge come into the year. So, yeah, he did it. Do I care? No. Is it manipulated in the system? Yeah. But at the end of the day, uh, you can't really do anything about it. And, um, you know, I said it last week. Um, John Hunter will be your champion and you know he's still living up to that you know really running good um, you know lead laps he's he's going to be the champion I mean he's just it's one of those things where he's he's good and he just needed that right ride and he's with fast trucks so um, smart business and decision by accomplish, I guess so um, what can
0: you do about it yeah yeah, I, I totally get that take completely you know there's nothing you can do about it and um, is and I got Philip stick on this before we move on to our picks here for the first Dirt Race. Uh, the only thing I would say is I don't want to hear Kyle Busch complaining about integrity of racing or people not going for it all or any of that. You know, after the last two weeks where it looked pretty much like you spun last the last truck race uh, on purpose, and then this week, you know, manipulating the, the rules, the stages the way he did. Um, I don't want to hear Kyle complaining about people doing stuff like that or the integrity of racing or running hard 100. percent you know, I don't want to hear that anymore from him. Uh, I don't think he should be penalized for it. He didn't do anything, you know, that I don't think deserves a penalty. But you know, he manipulated the rules a little bit and played into his favor, and that's fine if you want to do that. But then don't, you know, be a uh, hypocrite and say, you know, I run 100 percent of the time, 100, you know, I run as hard as I can, 100 percent of the time, and and you know, grrr. and I don't know if he's ever going to say that, but if he does, just keep that in mind with what he did here this week. So. Um, you know that's my take on it. Uh, how about you Philip? Is your similar to Spencer? Do you think Kyle should get some kind of penalty? It's hard to prove. That's the thing. You look at all kinds of data and stuff like that, but it's really hard to prove whether or not you know his his truck could have just been handling bad uh, at the end of each stage. And then all of a sudden they found it. You know, and were able to win by what uh, uh, four seconds at the end of that race over Austin Hill. Then they found it uh, after you know struggling in the first two stages. It's possible. I guess, but I don't think it's highly, very, very highly likely. Um, what was your take on the Kyle Busch situation in the truck series?
1: I mean, he, he went and did what they used to do when they, I mean, you and I, Clayton, could remember when they used to give points for leading a lap and leading the most laps and the whole bit. Uh, Kyle Busch went and played the team game knowing full well he had the best vehicle in the whole entire racetrack by far and it's proven based on the number of laps he led that he had the best truck anyway and he's like well i'll go and uh, help my full season driver get two playoff points and tie uh tie ben rhodes for playoff points right now in in the season and that's exactly what he did and he ended up going and and winning the race anyway so it's it's what you said, Clayton, about he better not whine about people not running hard the whole way out and some of these things, this manipulation of results, kind of like Formula One manipulating finishes at the end, like Ferrari used to do. Um, you know, the Kyle Busch got his win, got a 60th win of his truck series career, uh, his driver got two stage wins and two points that might make a difference once they get to Phoenix or before they get to Phoenix uh in November. I mean it's whatever. There it was a nothing race. Um that's why that was the biggest story that comes out of it really. Um it's not shocking. It's uh, it's good it's good uh, gamesmanship of a of a goofy system really. By Kyle Busch to go and win the race anyway, get them get what he wanted out of it, and also help his driver. That is uh, by far, like Spencer said, the best driver in this series. Um, not just because of experience, but what they have going on over there with the crew chief and the equipment. Um, it's going to be hard to beat that uh, four team, uh, come Phoenix here in November.
0: Yeah. Um... I agree with that wholeheartedly. I agree with everything you said. And, and again, you know, um, it, it's kind of a wonky system. You know, a lot of people hate stages f- basically for that reason, you know. Um, and even, you know, you could argue today, for example, for the truck, for the cup race. And it, Let's say that race didn't have stages today for the cup race. I mean, Larson could have lapped up to, you know, seventh if he wanted, if he could have today because of how it used to be run. Um, he was that dominant throughout the middle part of the races, and who knows, he could have had such a big lead that even though his car faded at the end, uh, he might have been able to salvage a decent day, or salvage the victory, I should say, um, because he had such a huge lead If if before we had stages. So stages have complete, completely changed the game, and I don't mean to get completely off course. But, um, yeah, there's not much you can do about it. But, again, I don't want to hear Kyle, if somebody does this to hurt him or you know hurt his team, sit there and say, oh, ridiculous. Because, you know, you when you do that kind of stuff, you open up yourself things. And, you know, if you want to be bigger than, than that and, and not do that kind of stuff, um, okay, and, and say, I would never do that, that's fine. But then if you do that kind of stuff, don't sit there and say, I would never do that because, you know, now you're being a hypocrite. So, um, you know, I, love, I like you know, I have no problems with them and I don't think you should be penalized or anything for that. But, you know, just don't sit there and act like uh, you know, you're know you a purist racer anymore because um, I think what you did proves that. You weren't. Anyway, moving on, guys, to our picks at Atlanta Motor Speedway and our recap of our picks at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Uh, Philip picked Brad Kozlowski as Dark Horse's Tyler Reddick. Both of those guys had some tough days today. Uh, Brad, 28th, uh, got some damage early and was never really able to recover. The Reddick, is same deal. Hit the wall about 15 laps in. Finished 26th. I had Kyle Larson, who finished second. And Cole Custer, 18th is my dark horse. That gets me six points. And Spencer had Kevin Harvick, who finished 10th. And Eric Amarola, who finished 20th, that gets him five points. So I gained one point on Spencer, and Phillip still remains uh, 16 at uh, 16 points, breathing in the, in the basement, breathing up the rear with Clayton with 30, and <laughs> Spencer with 40 points, going to the, <laughs> the Bristol Dirt Race. Uh, Phillip you got first pick and first dark horse pick. Again, our, our, if you're not familiar with our uh, picking system here, uh pick is usually the guy we will uh, send to playoffs, and our dark horse is somebody who is outside the playoffs. So uh, who's your pick to win, Philip, and then give me your dark
1: horse? Oh, this is easy. I'm going to go and beat Spencer to it. I'm going to take Kyle Larson to win, and I'm going to take uh, Chase Briscoe as my dark horse. Um, that's that's. I I mean it might be the kiss of death I don't know because I gave everything up During the 500 And I'm going to need a reset And there probably won't be a reset Because you're going to run this the whole way So I'm just going to go and and Fly balls to the wall the rest of the season So uh, young money Is my pick And uh, my dark horse is uh, Chase Briscoe Because he knows how to race dirt
0: Both of y'all on bad terms With me yeah, that's a, that's a good pick. Uh, both of those picks are really good. I like. I'm gonna very curious to see what Briscoe does here. Uh, I'm gonna I'm going next just because I'm second in this and uh, ten points back of Spencer. So I'm gonna go with uh, Chris Bell of my pick for the dirt race. He's a great dirt racer, and then I'm gonna go Ricky Stenhouse Jr. He's 17th right now in points. Uh, he's uh, he's got some dirt bike racing background as well. So he is my dark horse right now. Uh, as the season, as, as we get ready to go to the Bristol Dirt Race. Um, Spencer Cowan, who do you got?
2: Let me see real quick. Um, uh, I will take – dang. I'll take uh, Chase Elliott. Why not? Just because he just ran there in a late model, and I will take um, uh, Ryan Newman as my dark horse.
0: Real interesting pick, and and we all leave uh, another dirt racer out out on the board there. Um, I was toying with between Stenhouse and Reddick, but but we're gonna go. Uh, Blaming or excuse me, Ryan Newman. Sorry, Ryan Newman as your uh, dark horse. So an interesting pick. Newman's going to run a truck race. so At least he's going to try and attempt to make yeah, the truck you guys race pick as Stenhouse? well. Uh, I picked Stenhouse, but we're talking about Reddick. Uh, um, so uh, picks. The, let's let's review them real quick here. So Phillips has got Kyle Larson to win. His dark horse is Chase Briscoe. Clayton has Christopher Bell to win. My dark horse is Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And Spencer, his pick to win is Chase Elliott, and his dark horse is Ryan Newman. Uh, Newman, who, um, again, he's going to try and run a truck race for J- Brad Means, uh, number 39 truck. For him, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do there. Uh, this weekend is going to be an interesting weekend. First dirt race since 1970 uh, in the Cup Series. Trucks, of course, have been running dirt the last couple of years. They're going to run Knoxville a little bit later in the year as well. Um, but... Very interesting weekend. I hear there's going to be even more cup drivers that are going to be uh, entering. Chris, Chris Knight said this on SiriusXM NASCAR Radio. This weekend you should see some more guys even enter for the truck race to try and get some experience for the for the cup race. Um, we have practice and, and, and heat races and all that kind of stuff coming up. So it's going to be exciting to watch. It's going to be a lot of fun. And if you're a dirt racing fan, um, this is going to be something very very fun to watch, and uh, you know, I've I've destroyed NASCAR in a lot, and I'll be honest with you, I've destroyed NASCAR a lot um, in my life, and I've been very very honest with a lot of things, and I try and keep playing straight, you know, um, and maybe not all the time that they get to, that I give them the credit they deserve, but I will say this dirt race is a very very, um, I think, you know, obviously TV pushed for it to get to get it. I mean, they they talked about it nonstop today. Uh, th- even during the race, they they decided to do like a ten minute promo, of, uh, talking about the dirt race. Um, most fans are really excited for this. Just see how it's all going to play out, and, and change it up a little bit. So NASCAR deserves some credit there for sure. Um, I don't know why we did. Bristol, that's another discussion for another day. But a dirt race in the Cup Series can be a lot of fun to watch. To see some of these guys who have dirt racing backgrounds. Um, really use them and some guys who don't have their racing background, see what they can do and and see what they can learn and work on it throughout the rest of the weekend. So um, I'm excited for it. I know Spencer and I'm sure Philip is excited as well. And uh, we'll keep an eye on it during this week. So um, guys, great show as always. And we'll see you next time here in Talking Circles. We'll talk about the entire weekend at Bristol and the Dirt Weekend at Bristol next week here on Talking Circles. We'll see you next time. Good night.